0: Hey, what's up everyone? Excited for today's episode with Deanna from Twilio. The intersection of brand and product marketing is something I am fascinated with right now, and I really learned a lot from this one. I think you will love it. Are you a marketer looking to maintain differentiated messaging, improve sales, win rates, and catch important updates from competitors? If you're listening to this, I'll bet you are. Crayon is an awesome tool for PMMs. Crayon analyzes key trends and makes acting on insights easy. This means dynamically updated battle cards, alerts, dashboards, much more. Check them out at crayon.co. As always, there are lots and lots of hot product marketing jobs up on Sharebird.com right now. Chartio, a super slick BI and data visualization company out of San Francisco, is looking for a product marketing lead. Really great opportunity to define go-to-market strategy at a leading BI company. Don't miss that one. Check that one out. Uh, you can find it and many more at Sharebird.com job portal. All right, let's go. Everyone and welcome to the Product Marketing Experts, brought to you by Sharebird. I'm your host Marcus Andrews, and today we are going to dive deep into brand marketing and how it relates to product marketing. Something is happening here. I don't quite understand it yet, but I'm seeing more and more product marketers getting involved in brand level company narratives. I think it makes sense because we build the positioning that affects the category a company plays in. We design narratives that guide launches and we turn products into stories, which impact the larger brand, but I still have a lot of questions. I think my theory here is that as the culture of technology companies become more and more product driven, it makes sense that parts of the company will too. Just like product led growth is transforming sales. I think we're seeing something in brands too. We're at a great technology company. It's hard to separate the technology from the brand. And maybe it's best to start your brand story from that point of view. Uh, The work that PMMs do is maybe the best way to build a brand so that the product, category, customer, and people are all kind of evident in the brand. And what makes product marketers really well suited to not only own, that makes product marketers really well suited to own not only the product story, but the brand story. Am I right? Am I wrong? I really have no idea here, but we've got a product marketing expert to help us out. Diana Smith is the Director of Product Marketing and Brand at Twilio.org, Twilio's social impact division. Diana sits right at this intersection in her role, so super excited to get her help here. Diana, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, Marcus. Thanks so much for having me today.
0: It's awesome to chat. So you used to work at Segment, uh, and we had Kevin Garcia on the show from Segment, and I know uh, my friend Maya uh, is a great marketer at Segment. What is in the marketing water over there at Segment? What are you guys doing?
1: Oh, lots of good stuff. Kevin and Mai are both fantastic marketers and the team is definitely in good hands over there. I think that being at a technical company poses a lot of interesting challenges with marketing and we were able to find some amazing people too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've learned a lot from those too and yourself too. So uh, thanks for coming on the show. I'm curious just about your background and how you got into product marketing. Can you tell us a little bit about your career path?
1: Sure. I started my career actually in, in the public relations realm. And I started at Disney when I did public relations for uh, actually their web and mobile division, uh, pitching mommy bloggers on why they should use a, <laughs> uh, um, a Tinkerbell app for their kids. So that was, that's where I got my start. Um, and then moved into to PR for B2B brands and entertainment brands. Uh, from there, I moved into Segment as a first marketer, really pulling on my public relations background. And as I got deeper into marketing at Segment, uh, focusing on customers, how our product was differentiated in the market, uh, what our positioning and messaging should be, I realized that that piece that I really enjoyed was a thing, and it was called product marketing, which I didn't know going into that role. And as the team started to grow and I had to decide where do I want to focus, I found the most interesting part of marketing to me at that point was product marketing and, and being really close to customers, the market and the product. So that's a bit how I moved into the product marketing side of the house and ended up leading that team for about five years.
0: Awesome, awesome! I only laugh about the mommy bloggers because I also worked in PR <laughs> and I, I had pet bloggers that I that I worked a lot with, like the dog and, and cat bloggers. So there's a whole there's a whole universe out there.
1: I learned so much <laughs> about what's out there uh, in that job, and it was it was really a fun time. And yeah. I learned it's way easier to get people to open your email when you're emailing them from Disney versus. Uh, from some <laughs> rando tech company you've never heard of.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's a good, um, you know, it's a good experience um, working for CPG brands, uh, you know, on brand marketing. I, th- I think it really helps me out a lot. We we did an episode about that on just like what what B2B marketers can learn from B2C. And I do think you do pick, you pick up a lot there with CPG marketing, brand marketing that you can use in product marketing.
1: That's true. One of the most fascinating things when I was working at Disney was this concept of a synergy department that helped work on brand uh, collaborations across all of the different uh, brands that they owned, which was really fascinating concept to learn from.
0: Interesting. So, what this, what's, a, what's a synergy department do? Is so, that...
1: <laughs> for example, it would be like, how do you get Dancing with the Stars on ESPN? You know, mm. multiple properties that they own, uh, matching them you together. Know, how do you get Star Wars on the Disney Channel? You know, <laughs> those kinds of, of mashups.
0: That feels like the only. That feels like the first time I've I've actually heard an accurate usage of synergy. Like that actually makes sense. Uh,
1: yeah, the word's you know. a bit trite, but <laughs> it was amazing how they applied it there.
0: Yeah, awesome. Okay, so now you're at uh, Twilio, and you're the director of product marketing, but you've also got responsibility for brands. So just at the at the highest level, what does that mean? Those two things coming together.
1: Sure. So my role is a really interesting role at Twilio. I specifically sit on twilio.org, which are, is our social impact division of Twilio. And my number one ro- role and goal is how do we get more nonprofits to use Twilio technology to reach out to the people that they're serving and to help scale their impact? Um, for example, you know, anything from you know, hotlines for mental health to getting out the vote, Those are different ways that nonprofits are using Twilio. And my role, especially on the product marketing side, is how do we tailor uh, the messaging and products that Twilio has for this audience and grow our market expansion in that audience. So that's my number one more PMM hat. On the brand side, it's both generating brand awareness in the nonprofit sector for Twilio, but also increasing brand affinity for Twilio overall by helping to tell those amazing stories of impact from our nonprofit customers.
0: So brand, brand marketing is maybe kind of like product marketing where it's a little bit confusing. So what does good brand marketing look like to you? Do you have any examples?
1: I do have lots of examples. One of my favorite things to do is to watch and look out for amazing campaigns out there on the market. I think one of my favorite brand marketing companies is Nike. They just do such an amazing job. And I'll share an example of a specific campaign and Exactly what I liked about it. So when COVID-19 hit, you know, everyone was scrambling to figure out what to do, how to participate, what's, what's the right thing. And Nike had this amazing campaign that basically said, have you ever dreamed of playing for millions of people around the world? Now's your chance. Play for the world. Play inside. And it was so amazing for a number of reasons. One, it spoke directly to their target audience, which is people who love sports. And it was bringing in all these people, whether you're a young person who loves to play, whatever it is, bringing them into the fold, helping them feel like a sports superhero. It really spoke to their the emotions on playing on the dreams of these folks. It spoke to the right audience, which is their core audience that are big sports fanatics. And it advances the, the brand value of being player first. So I think that's an example of a brand that did a great job. They've also done historical uh, campaigns um, that also really kind of take a stand. So I love the one with Colin Kaepernick that said (laughs) stand up for something even if it costs you everything. Those emotional heartstrings plus taking a stand for what you believe in as a brand, I think that is the best way to do brand marketing.
0: Yeah, when I worked at the communications agency Cone, that was our tagline was, what do you stand for? And that was kind of what we helped companies figure out. And that was really at the heart of brand. When I think about it is like, what do you stand for? Um, I also like that Nike campaign is, is totally great, right? Because how do you take this? I mean, it's very timely and very, very relevant, and also very on brand. And it's like, how do you take this idea of that's kind of, it's not boring, but it's like, it's a little depressing, right? It's like, hey, stay inside. You know, don't do anything, but they turned it into almost like a challenge. That's very much in the mantra of like, you know, just do it. Um, even though it's, it's, you know, isolate, right. is the message, uh, they made Mm -hmm. that into something that's a great campaign and really, uh, inspiring. I think it's very cool.
1: I agree. I think there's so much to learn from, from how they executed that. And that's one that didn't even have a lot of fancy design. You know, it's basically copy Mm -hmm. black and white, mostly social campaign. Yeah. So it's, it's impressive. Just to harken back to those amazing marketers over at Segment, in a B2B example, I know many folks on this podcast probably are in B2B companies. I think that the brand team over at Segment did a really amazing job with our What Good is Bad Data campaign Mm -hmm. where the, the value we were hitting on was quality data and that was something that Segment was better at than most of the people on the market. And what the brand team did was think about how do we make this idea come to life in more of a fun way that speaks to our target audience of of folks who love data. And they did this campaign that in all cities around the world, they'd say, good morning, rival city. So in San Francisco, they did good morning, Los Angeles. And then the tagline was, what good is bad data? And what I loved about the campaign that it was a showing, not telling type of campaign. It was very simple. Um, but it got the, got the point across to, and all of the data nerds out there were like, yes, I understand this. I get how this happens in my day-to-day life. And I think that was a really successful campaign for that simple reason.
0: Yeah. I love that. It's kind of, it's almost like an inside joke for, uh, your target audience there, which is fun. And it's, it's product driven too, right? Like I feel there's a very clear tie to, uh, the product there and it's not, it's not a brand message that has nothing to do with the, with the product or the solution. So that's great. So how do you bring some of these ideas to, to Twilio right now? What are you doing today um, you know, that's bringing to life uh, brand marketing?
1: Twilio is used by so many companies around the world. It's really an amazing product. And you know, the usual example people use when talking about Twilio is the Uber example of you, know, you get a text message when your driver arrives that they're here or when you're, you know, someone delivering food comes to your door, you get a text message that they're here. And that's all great, and people can understand that really quickly. What we're doing on the Tulia.org site is trying to make the examples more powerful and show how communications can actually change people's lives. So when you're talking about Trans Lifeline, for example, an amazing uh, support hotline for trans people that's operated by all other trans volunteers, when someone can call in if they're in a moment of distress or even if they want help figuring out how to change their their name and gender um, legally, that's using communications and that's deeply helping people have a better life. So we try to use those examples to to show how the product can come to life. Um, Other examples are, City Harvest is a huge food owner in New York City and they're using text messages to help people sign up for appointments to go pick up food, which is more needed than ever now because of unemployment on the rise, uh, and do so safely so they don't have to wait in a long line. They can actually sign up for a time to come in and pick up their food. So using those examples of customers using a product that are for a social mission is how we're focused a lot on brand right now. And putting the, those organizations and the nonprofits, showing them as the hero and as the innovator that they truly are, and making them the hero of the story.
0: Awesome. It sounds like a cool job. It sounds like you're really getting to tell some really interesting stories that are not what people may think of when they think of, of Twilio. This is, I'm learning about some amazing work that you're doing here, so this is very cool. What do these stories look like at the end of the day? I mean, these are not case studies that are going into a website, or maybe they are, but what does the creative look like um, when you're doing this storytelling?
1: Yeah, so we start with the core of the story, you know who what's going on who's the who's the organization? what's their use case? who are the people that they're helping helping and what's their impact? and then we recreate that story in a number of different locations. so we're um, launching a social campaign that's gonna highlight the impact stats that these folks have had, how many people they've helped uh, with some nice graphics showing, showing images of the people that they've helped, linking to more information. Um, that's an example. It's also showing up everywhere into like our earnings calls and, and highlighting them uh, at the corporate level. So once you have the core story, you can really plug it into a lot of different places, even more traditionally demand gen places. So if we get a story about the United Way into a webinar about contact centers, uh, it helps any prospect or customer of Twilio understand that Twilio really is a company that believes in doing good for the world. And that's a lot of how we're using these stories to integrate into everything that Twilio is doing.
0: Awesome. It would be a whole nother podcast idea too, but I just think it's great that Uh, Twilio feels some responsibility to be a good corporate citizen and to also invest in the team that's going to help tell the stories of of these people in the ways that they're helping. So that is very cool. So brand, like capital B brand, you know, it has a lot to do, like we were talking about, like what the company, what does your company stand for? And, you know, the emotional response that your creative is giving people and how they feel. Like how how does that in your mind, what does that have to do with product?
1: I think that There's so much connection between brand and product, as you mentioned, and I actually think of it more as a sequence of events. So the way I think about it is you start with the product marketing concept of who is our customer? What is their problem? How can we uniquely help them with their problem compared to other people on the market? And you start with kind of what you think of as a brief or a strategy doc for a brand campaign. And that really comes from a lot of the thinking and the research that comes out of product marketing teams, and then how brand fits in, in my opinion, is that they make that idea come to life. They make it creative. They help you, you know, distill it to its core part and get that message out to a wider audience. So that's why I think they play so well together. Um, I think the the what good is bad data example that I mentioned before is a great example where the insight was that data quality is what. Made segments stand apart, and that was the c- kernel of information that created this fun campaign, and that's really how I think product marketing and brand teams should be playing together uh, in every company.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. We have great brand marketers at HubSpot, and so, and it's not all of our launches or campaigns involve those teams, but in the but the ones that do are very exciting amazing to work with those people because they're super creative and and just great marketers but we do it in a very similar way where it's like you know we're going to present positioning and maybe even some basic ideas and concepts to that team uh, and then they sort of do their thing and they take all that really good research and positioning and I think it gives them all this like it gives them all these inputs you know and it, I think sometimes it's hard to be creative if it's if you're just like hey it could be anything but we come mm-hmm. to them and we say Here's a lot of research. We know what this is. Here's kind of this box that we're giving you. And then it's do your thing inside of it. And then it really, I, think, I, would, I just would agree. I think it's a great partnership. Um, and that translation from good research and positioning into creative really works.
1: Yeah. And it makes you think of, you know, back when I was taking advertising courses in college, there was, you know, the, the product strategy group and the copywriting group that were in traditional advertising agencies. And it's all the same components that are required for a campaign to be done well, that you have the market insights and you have the creativity and, you know, in our world, in the tech world, we're calling that product marketing and brand, you know, but that's been a part of great marketing forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So at, at Twilio now with, with those two groups, you know, you're thinking about both of those problems at the same time. Does that give you an advantage? Does that make, was that, are they influencing each other? Do you think like, you know, owning both of those is good for Twilio and kind of good for your work and your team?
1: I think so. For, for, there's a few reasons why. One is that it helps you make the narrative consistent no matter what part of the funnel you're telling that story in. So the higher up you are in the funnel, the, the simpler, the shorter the messages are towards your audience. And the deeper you go in the funnel, that's more the product traditional product marketing realm where you have proof points and consideration and all that kind of good stuff. There's more information and there's, there's, there's more detail, but in the best world, all of that is aligned to a similar theme and a similar story. And when you have that under one team, it's easier to, to draw that thread all the way through. And I think that good teams that have collaboration across product marketing and brand can still achieve that if it's not under one roof. Just I think it's kind of a dependent on the size of your organization, how much you're trying to do, the levels of specialization. So I think it is possible if there's good collaboration across the two. The other thing that I think that's great about connecting brand and product marketing is not just that product marketing helps brand be more on message in terms of focusing on differentiators and customer problems, but brand helps product marketing be more creative in how they tell their stories and how they write the copy and how they present information.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like you're saying, like just like product marketing can give brand a little bit more direction. Brand can really, really push product marketing to tell a better, more interesting story. I mean, I think the people you get in brand marketing are usually uh, probably a little bit more creative than product marketers, but also you know they just care more about stories that will capture more attention. They're usually pretty well tied into the current zeitgeist or things that are timely or things that people will care about it at a much higher level, and that can absolutely make your product stories so much better, right? It's like there's um, at least a few people from our brand marketing team I love to tap, you know, just for general brainstorms and just ideas on our campaigns because I think uh, they can really transform them. And, yeah, to your point, like just having those two teams mingle. they're under the same VP at um, HubSpot, which I think is great. you know it just it just aligns us and just keeps us kind of focused, and we do come together. So what do you think about product marketing today? Are your thoughts changing on product marketing at all now that you've been owning brand for a while? Do you think product marketing is evolving in any interesting ways?
1: One thing that I've been paying more attention to now in my new role than I have in the past is the intersection between product marketing, industry marketing, and brand marketing. So for horizontal uh, software products, HubSpot's an example, Segment, Twilio, these tools can be used in nearly any type of company, any type of industry. So the product marketing team is usually the team that's thinking about the most horizontal use cases in a Twilio sense that's like, you know, alert to notifications, for example, would be one. And the industry marketing team is thinking about how do you apply that to an industry in the nonprofit world, we're thinking about how do you increase donations, for example, where in financial services it might be how do you decrease fraud? And the thing that I've been thinking about most is when is it appropriate to use different messages? I kind of feel that those industry messages can be can help paint the picture better when paired with a more horizontal use case to give it more specificity. And there's no right answer, but I've just been thinking more about when is the right time to use these different levels of messaging, whether it's the horizontal use case or with some examples that really paint the picture for different industries. You always have the con of the more specific you are, the more people you exclude if you're really trying to reach more audiences. Um, But I think that's been something that I've been thinking about more, especially that I'm responsible for specifically nonprofit marketing.
0: Yeah, it's tricky, right? Because you don't want to um, be too, target or too specific with that brand message if it's you're trying to target the wider audience. But maybe it's just how you pull people down into your funnel. But super interesting. Was there anything that you've really had to learn the hard way as you've gotten into brand coming from product marketing that you can share with our audience?
1: I'll say there's two things. One, we've been talking about the creativity piece. I grew up in the product marketing and PR world, and I'm definitely more of a structured business thinker. You know, I think about, Mm -hmm. as I've been speaking, I think about products, customers, markets, and I put these things in little boxes and it helps me understand them, which means that I'm not, by nature, very creative. Uh, I need to make room and pull in other experts who are more creative than me you mentioned my segment she was one of my favorite people to do this with to to help get to that level and so just making sure that i'm creating the space for that when my natural tendency is is more the product marketing side uh, the other thing that's pretty different i think as product marketers grow into brand or even into demand gen roles uh, as they move up is just owning a budget and owning you know what happens if we're under budget should we spend more how do we make the most of it how much do things cost what are you know just getting a lot deeper into how to manage the budget effectively and in brand sometimes towards metrics that are hard to measure mm-hmm. uh, so those are new things that i've had to to learn as I've taken on this role.
0: yeah, there is a lot there and there's so many interesting ways to build a brand with um, paid too right there's like a million options mm-hmm. as well that uh, based on your audience can get pretty complicated. I hear, I hear you on the creativity side too, and I'll, I'll just add to it that um I think it's such a valuable skill in product marketing, just in marketing in general today, or maybe in business, you know, being able to um, to do that is is tricky. So I think that but being good at it, I think you can learn and it's definitely something that comes more natural to other to, to some people versus other people. But it can be super valuable just to be able to combine different ideas and come and come up with new combinations of stuff.
1: I agree. I think too usually creativity it's it's more about setting the stage for people to be creative and creating the space and having usually more than one person. It's hard to be creative on your own. Mm. So spending the time to, and making the time to create those spaces for creativity, I think is important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious on your outlook on product marketing in general. Do you think it's a good place to be right now for people?
1: hundred percent. I think product marketing is a very strategic part of marketing and therefore is a strong choice in terms of career development, you know, so many people sadly have been laid off during this time from different companies. And when you look at it, not many product marketers are getting laid off. The only challenge with a product marketing career is that I know a lot of folks who are amazing product marketers who are coming up in their career path, maybe at the senior product marketing level, and they're ready to take on a bigger role and to manage people, but there just aren't that many positions. It's kind of a niche role. So it just takes a little bit longer to jump into that management role or for teams to grow big enough so that they can have more managers. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a reason not to pursue product marketing. I think if you stick it out and you make it to that next level, you continue to be a very valuable part of the team. It's also, I think, an interesting role because there's, there's so much to learn. I think it's one of those things that, you, don't, you won't get bored with it because once you master messaging, you know, pricing and packaging, there's a whole level of depth to learn there. Uh, and market research, there's, there's, if you're a curious person, there's still a lot of depth to learn.
0: Absolutely. I think that those are all things that I've seen myself too. It's a, a very rewarding role, especially compared to maybe some other marketing disciplines, right? Where there are just so many things to learn and kind of perfect over time. Uh, and yeah, I think, you know, hopefully with, I do think product marketing is evolving and teams are getting bigger, but also I see a lot of startups hiring product marketers early and growing that team. And and hopefully it also gives people uh, a launching board into, into anything else too, right? Because you do learn so much in product marketing that it gives you options kind of, um, in what you want to do because you figure out maybe what you like, and then you also get this good baseline for everything. So. I agree. Awesome. Diana, is there anywhere people can connect with you? Or is there anything that you want to tell the listeners about?
1: Uh, you're welcome to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Diana H. Smith or uh, connect with me on LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you so much, Marcus. There's only one way to take it. And that's hard, that's hard. There's only one way to own it. She want to drown in the city lights. It's alright.